Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Rick Thomas. You're listening to Life Over Coffee. This is episode 349. The title of this episode is An Overview of How We Help Local Churches Practically Speaking. You can find the show notes of what I'm going to share with you. Look for episode 349 under the podcast section of our website. We are nearing the end of 35 out of 40 days on the road, mainly in the Midwest of America. In this episode, I want to share some highlights and interesting perceptions that I've made from traveling and speaking and engaging with the body of Christ in the Midwest. You're going to find much encouragement from these interactions. I just want to give you a a quick flyby of where we have been, what we have been doing, who we have been talking to, and some of the interesting things. And it, it will not be an exhaustive elaboration of everything that we've done because we have been busy. We just come back Uh, Sunday evening, I'm doing this podcast on Tuesday, August the 3rd, 2021. We came back two days ago, Sunday evening around midnight uh, from three days in Ohio. And then before that, we left on Friday to get to Ohio. Prior to that, we came back on Tuesday from 27 days on the road in the Midwest, and we are leaving tomorrow for five days in Laredo, Texas. Altogether, that will be 35 out of 40 days on the road. We are doing well. God has been sustaining Rick and Lucia, and uh, he has been doing some excellent work as well as we have interacted with literally scores upon scores upon scores of people in all of these weeks. And again, I want to share some of that with you. I do have a lot of links in these show notes. And so if you want to go to episode 349, you can find all the links that I'm going to share with you. I spoke, well, I've been speaking a lot. I mean, hours upon hours upon hours. And some of the talks that these churches asked me to do, they requested specific things. For example, In the church in Hill Rose, Colorado, they wanted me to speak on empathy and sympathy, probably uh, one of the more popular articles that I have released from this ministry. I would say without question, it is in the top 10. Well, they wanted me to do a talk on that, which I had not done before, and so I was glad to do it. And so I did that talk in Hill Rose, Colorado. And then there was a church in Longmont, Colorado, who asked me to speak specifically on transgenderism. I have been producing a lot of resources on the trans issue. This question is just is flooding the banks of our ministry, and we're just being asked by so many people. And they wanted me to speak on it specifically, and so I did. And then I did. Uh, I, I built a keynote presentation, did a one-hour a webinar after I got home uh, from that talk uh, that I did in Longmont. Typically, my standard approach to doing conferences is that if I do a talk, I do a keynote presentation, and then I try to come home and to build out that talk in, in a video so all of you can benefit from it. And so that's what I did. I spoke on empathy and sympathy and then came home. I did a one-hour webinar video. 
And then I sent it back to Grace Bible Church in Hill Rose, Colorado. I just emailed that today to the pastors of Hill Rose and said, hey, here is the talk that I did, and then your people can benefit from it. And then did the same thing with transgenderism for the folks in Longmont. And my goal, my hope, is that you could extend, that people can extend the conferences that I do because there is a saturation point in these conferences. As a gentleman told me in Sarasota, Florida, a few months back from the marriage conference that we did in mid-April, he said, I've never taken so many notes in my entire life. And I do understand that. And it's just hard to retain all of that information. And so this year, I have, uh, I don't know how many uh, talks I have given, but when we come back from Laredo, Texas, next Sunday evening, Lord willing, I will finish up uh, all the webinars that are still on the table that I have to do. And they will be almost, they'll be between 17 and 20 new webinars just this year from the 17 to 20 talks uh, that I have given. And again, we want to do that because we want to uh, serve the people uh, where I am speaking so that they can uh, watch this information uh, at another date, at their own leisure, at a slower pace. And so again, I I'm in process of building out those webinars, but that is a standard approach to uh, how we, uh, how I prefer uh, to do meetings. And then also during these meetings, I do uh, request that the leaders, as they set up the meetings, that they have question and answer time. And that is a standard request whenever I teach. I look at conferences similar to counseling sessions. I'm not saying that the conferees are counselees, I'm not saying that at all. But as far as a concept is concerned, in a or during any standard counseling session, you should never prescript what you're going to say to the counselee. Uh, you want to do that in the moment as you're meeting with the person. I think it's a bit arrogant, honestly, and probably insecure for people that have to know everything they're going to say before they meet the person. Typically, that's a person that either doesn't know how to counsel or they haven't been counseling long. Therefore, they want to rely on that crutch during counseling. But I think that will bring not only bring harm potentially to the person that you are helping, it doesn't hit the nail on the head because you haven't spent any time talking to the individual. And so there's an element of pneumatos, a pneumatic element to counseling where you're doing it in the moment and there's really no other way around that. Well, conferences are similar and I do want to hit the nail on the head. I, I want to be able to serve the folks that are in front of me, but I, if I don't know them, if we've never met before, then I do want to spend time getting to know them uh, so that uh, we can uh, communicate or so I can communicate to them according to the culture in which they live, uh, what is going on in their life and the internal dynamics of that local church. And so I do appreciate the question and answer time. And most folks are able to accommodate uh, this aspect uh, of 
our philosophy of doing counseling conferences. And so there is a straight monologue time where I am just teaching for one hour or whatever, and there's no interaction per se. And then there are other moments where there is a lot of dialogue where we're interacting with each other. And so that's kind of our philosophy for doing these conferences, making all these speaking events. By the way, if you would like for me to speak to your group, I do have a link here where you can click the contact button on our website. And you can make that request, and we would love to be able to do that. Also, if you want references, if you want to talk to any of the leaders where we spoke uh, over the past uh, month and a half almost, a little over a month, uh, those links to these churches are also here in episode 349. And you can contact those churches directly, just bypass me, just talk directly to the pastors or the key leaders and just ask them, what's their take on us coming uh, to your place? And and they'll give you that objective and clear feedback, and so you're welcome to talk to them. And again, the links are here in episode 349. Uh, Scott at uh, Delaware Bible Church, where we just came from this weekend in Ohio, uh, he asked how could uh, we serve, or I asked him how could we serve their church in an ongoing basis, and he said he he wasn't sure what were some of the ideas that I had, and I shared some ideas with uh, Scott, the lead pastor at Delaware Bible Church in Delaware, Ohio, and one of the things that I told him is that our goal is to identify key leaders at any local church and be able to train them up through our Mastermind program, and then to place them them in these local churches to lead the discipleship counseling ministries in these local churches. That is one of the big things that we do as a ministry is leadership development. And if we can have someone from a local church to go through our mastermind program, which could be anywhere from 15 months to three years, depending on their pace, we would love to establish them in that local church, come alongside them and let them do the work of discipleship counseling in that church rather than us doing it. And that we have found to be an excellent supplemental resource to the pastors, the elder board, the leaders of the church to have a key individual within the church who can take on a lot of the discipleship counseling that happens. And so that's one of the ways, in addition to speaking, speaking is easy, it's one and done, and we move on. But if we can establish someone in a local church, that would just be ideal as far as I am concerned. And so that was part of my answer that I gave Scott, and perhaps you as a local church have that key individual in your church. Uh, I would love uh, if you sent them through our mastermind program and let them let us train them for you and then continue to work with them to establish them uh, in their, their local church. For example, one of the churches that I spoke at was Grace Bible Church in Hill Rose, Colorado, and we have two students currently at that church. One of them is a graduate, and one of them is the graduate's husband, Matt and Brandy Huerta. Brandy Huerta graduated from our mastermind program a few years back, and her husband, Matt, is going through it now. Well, Brandy pretty much heads up the women's ministry. She does a lot in women's leadership 
at Grace Bible Church in Hill Rose, Colorado, which is a huge supplement uh, to what the leaders, Moses and Brian, are doing at Hill Rose Church. And so that is a wonderful, and it also keeps the pastors from being uh, so intimately involved in counseling the women of the church when they have a highly qualified uh, female who can counsel the women at that church. And so those are some of the things that we do, and that was one of the suggestions that I made uh, to Scott at Delaware Bible Church in Delaware, Ohio. So as we left well over a month ago, I think it was July the 1st when we uh, left, left, excuse me, and headed, uh, Midwest, uh, and headed to the Midwest, and rather than making that 23-hour trip to Colorado Springs, which was our initial destination, so we cut it up into five parts, so it was, or four parts, rather, it, it was four hours, four hours, it was five hours, five hours, five hours, and eight hours for 23 hours altogether, and so we went from Greenville to Nashville, Nashville to Kansas City, Nashville to St. Louis, rather, and then St. Louis to Kansas City. When we got to Kansas City, uh, I had already uh, previously arranged a meeting uh, with uh, Julie Ganshaw, who is a biblical counselor in Kansas City, or right outside of Kansas City, Missouri. I've been interacting with Julie for a long time, and so I asked her if I could do an interview with her about her most recent book on abuse, and so we stayed in Larry and Julie's home over the 4th of July weekend and sat down during that time and interviewed her, and some of you have already listened to that podcast, and it's linked here, by the way, in these show notes, episode 349. I would say that uh, abuse was one of the more common questions that was asked me during this trip. That and transgenderism, I think those were the top two things that were asked me. But abuse is always a a common discussion topic between biblical counselors and pastors and biblical counselors because it is such an issue in our culture today. And I've written a ton on uh, abuse, and we have those resources on our website, and we will continue to add them as well. You can just type abuse in the search box, and you will pull up a lot of information. And so my first meeting was with Julie Ganshaw as a, with an interview and then we left Kansas City, and we landed in Colorado Springs. And one of the reasons that we went, there were two reasons, but the first reason we went to Colorado Springs is that I wanted to meet with one of our donors uh, who is part of our fundraising efforts. His name is Dave Forbes, and uh, Dave is very interested in helping us to uh, grow the funds that we need to accommodate what we're trying to do as a ministry. We are a pay-as-you-go ministry, which means that we say no to a lot of the requests that come to us because we just, quite frankly, don't have the resources to be able to accommodate the tremendous number of requests that come to us for all sorts of things. Currently, where we are as a ministry is that we need 10 more 
team member positions to be filled, just to give you an idea. And I have these listed out here in the show notes, but I'll just run through them and not really elaborate on them. But we need an executive director to run the ministry. We need an administrator, a fundraiser, a booking, speaking specialist, a mastermind supervisor, a graphic designer, video production person, podcast production person, social media specialist and a marketing director. Those are the 10 positions that we need filled. And so David want, Dave wanted to spend time talking about that. And I did too, because it's so mission critical. We're carrying a lot of weight. And as, as, as I've already mentioned, and you probably discern 35 out of 40 days on the road, and we continue to run the ministry while we're on the road, that's one of the requests that we make is that wherever we go, that we have excellent Wi-Fi access so that we can continue to run the ministry while we're embedded in a local church, serving that local church. We just don't have the team members to release me to be fully. Uh, on site, which is what I need to be uh, with these local churches, but we just have a lot of responsibilities, and that's not a complaint or grumbling at all. I praise God uh, that we have so much work to do and so much work that we could do uh, if we had the resources to you know, meet the demands of the ministry, and so that's one of the reasons that I wanted to meet with Dave Forbes one of the reasons that we wanted to do this trip. Well, as I was talking to Dave, Dave began to tell me a story about his NHL hockey days, and I knew he was an NHL hockey player. But as he began to tell this story that covered 45 years, I was so intrigued by the story, I asked him if I could interview him and for him to tell me this story about this marvelous providential thing that God has done and is doing in his life about an event that happened back in the mid-70s during his NHL hockey playing days. And so he was very gracious and allowed me to interview him. And so that was a, a double blessing. I got to interview Julie in Kansas City and to interview Dave in Colorado Springs. And I have that interview about that hockey story that he shared. It's linked here as well. And I would love for you to listen to it. So after several meetings, Dave and I talked for hours about fundraising and, of course, this inter interview that I did. But then we left for Grace Bible Church, which is on the eastern side of Colorado. Colorado Springs is on the western side. And we arrived in Hillrose on Friday night. Now, we had meetings set up Friday night through Sunday afternoon. Our van broke down Friday on the way over, and so that created a little bit of an adventure to where we could not make the Friday night evening. And so what we attempted to do was to cram it all in on Saturday and then do the Sunday meeting at Grace Bible Church. And so I did that, and so I spoke on Saturday and then spoke on Sunday, and one of those talks was on empathy, sympathy, as I mentioned already. And you can, again, click and watch the video presentation, the, the video that I made after I came home uh, of that talk that I did at Grace Bible. And then from Grace Bible, we went to Red Feathers, Colorado. Red Feathers is a 
a camping area up in the Rocky Mountains. And we went there with Matt and Brandy Huerta and their family. And we were in a home up there that one of Matt's employees uh, said that we could hang out for several days. And so we did that. And then while I was there, I began prepping for the conference at Faith Point Church. And so that was kind of relaxing. And, and of course, there's, again, there's just work to do. And so uh, that's how we live our lives is a little bit of hybrid. And so uh, most of my family rested, but I was working for the most part preparing for the Faith Point Church. But it was fun to be with Matt and Brandy, and we have been with them forever, uh, seemingly now in all kinds of contexts. And so uh, that was a good time for us and our family. Then we left Red Feathers and we went to Longmont, Colorado, which if I got my my geography right, I think it's around, it's right outside of Denver, Colorado, which now we're back over into the Rocky Mountains again, or at the foot of the Rocky Mountains. And then in Longmont, uh, yeah, Longmont at Faith Point, I think I was there uh, Friday night through Sunday. And so Friday night we met with two small groups, and that was a meet and greet, which was helpful, as I was saying earlier, about uh, Q&A time, uh, having that question, having time to uh, spend with people to help learn uh, folks. And so we spent some time relaxing and just uh, chewing the fat uh, with those two small groups on Friday night. And then, then Saturday afternoon, I met with the pastor and his family, uh, of Faith Point Church, and then spoke Friday, uh, Saturday evening, and then spoke also Sunday at their church meeting. And one of those talks I did on transgenderism, which was a request that they gave, and I came back home and then put that together uh, as a webinar that you can watch if you wish. Then after Longmont, uh, we also met with one of our donors as well. Holly Richards. Uh, we had uh, a meal with her during that time. Uh, also, if I miss some of you who are listening to this podcast and I met with you, I, I, I'm really sorry. Uh, it, it was a lot of people that we talked to, and I, I don't want to be neglectful, and it, it definitely will not be intentional. Uh, we had a great time uh, with, with Holly and her husband, and so that was very good uh, to meet with them over a meal. And then we headed back to the Forbes home in Colorado Springs uh, to do some more work and to continue to talk about our fundraising uh, needs that we have within this ministry. And then on a Thursday, I met with Greg and Angie Ballman uh, over True, they lead True Life Ministries in Colorado Springs. And so we met with them uh, for several hours, I think. Seemed like it was two and a half hours. And this was our first meeting, so we got to know them. By the way, after I do this podcast this evening, uh, we'll be meeting with Greg and Angie through Zoom uh, just to do some debriefing from the meetings that we had with their ministry while we were in Colorado Springs. And so that was an excellent time meeting with them and hearing their heart for ministry and how we can collaborate together. And then on Friday night, they had 50 people uh, gathered uh, where I spoke for two hours, and that was a straight-up 
question and answer time talking about how to care for the church, uh, how to engage the culture and things that are going on in the culture and church life. And so that was a wonderful time of ministry. Now, one of the questions that I did as a podcast, I came home and did a podcast uh, from a one particular question that came out of that two-hour time uh, with this group of people in Colorado Springs that Angie, that Greg and Angie put together, uh, the lady asked me about their church's children's ministry that is now accommodating trans people, and she wanted my perspective on that. And of course, I did a podcast on it, and it is linked here as well in the show notes. And so we had a good time with Greg and Angie and True Life Ministries. Then from there, we started making our way back uh, home, and we stopped in Deering, Kansas, and I spoke uh, at a church in Deering, Kansas uh, on Sunday morning as we made our way back uh, home. Now, there were several stops that we've made. Uh, we stopped at Dwight D. Eisenhower's uh, hometown in Abilene, Kansas, uh, and there were a bunch of other places that we stopped. And uh, it, w- it was a good, we stopped at uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder's home uh, as well. One of the places that she lived, she's, she lived in a lot of places, and I don't remember the town right off uh, hand because it was some small town somewhere in the Midwest. You can Google it, but we stopped there uh, briefly. We stopped at the Grand Ole Opry as well. We saw the Arch in St. Louis. And so there was a number of stops that we made, things that were on our path uh, where we could stop when we weren't pressed for time. And then when we got back Tuesday, this past Tuesday, a week ago Tuesday, from this 27-day trip, Uh, Then uh, we spent a couple of days catching up, and then we flew out on Friday to Delaware Bible Church for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Now, my standard talk or my standard presentation to uh, churches is is that if, if we come into your town, to your church, and if we leave and we aren't exhausted, well, then it's your fault. Uh, you've done something wrong, and so it's on you to exhaust us. And Delaware Bible Church took me up on that, and they absolutely wore me out for three days, and so I'm very thankful for that. We went up there for a men's retreat or something, and then um, we ended up uh, meeting with the men on Friday night, meeting with the elders for three hours on uh, Sunday uh, Saturday morning, then meeting with the counseling team for two hours on Saturday at lunch, and then I broke away. Our web development guy uh, lives about a half hour from where I was. He does the web dev work on our website, and so we met with him and his wife uh, for a couple of hours on Saturday uh, afternoon after meeting with the counselors, and then we came back Saturday night, did a marriage conference for a couple of hours, and then came back on Sunday morning, and I spoke twice on Sunday morning, and then went out with the pastor and his wife uh, for two and a half hours uh, Sunday for lunch, and then came back and spoke with the small group leaders for an hour, and then hopped a plane, and we got home around midnight on Sunday night. And then we have Monday and Tuesday to catch up on these things that I'm doing right now. And then we're headed out tomorrow to go to Laredo, Texas. And I have some meetings planned there with the Laredo, Texas church and also a church in San Antonio. And I'll get more information out. I will 
talk more about that maybe uh, in another podcast. And so that is a, a rock across the pond as far as the meetings that we had. I want to close out by just sharing uh, four quick interesting perceptions from uh, these trips and all the all this talking that I've been doing with with the body of Christ. One of the things that I really, and maybe this is one of my highlights, is that the older generation is interested in the trans issue. I've just been remarkably pleased at the number of older people, elderly people, and I'm talking about 75 to 103. There was a 103-year-old lady uh, at the church in Delaware Bible Church but the number of older people that came up to me and specifically asked about this trans thing, that uh, has been very encouraging that uh, they're asking these questions that they haven't checked out. Another point is I've noticed that there's a big difference in, in several ways between blue states and red states. I'm talking about uh, conservative states and liberal states. Colorado is mostly a liberal state, and it's interesting at the kinds of questions that they ask that we just don't ask as often or think much about in the South. In the South where I'm from, we, we're, we're very much aware of what's going on in our country, but there's a huge element of it that is out there somewhere, and it's not really affecting us. And that was a huge takeaway as we immersed ourselves in the body of Christ, in states that are more liberal. Uh, and that really helped me. Uh, it was a benefit to me, uh, most definitely, uh, to be able to just hear the heart of some people who are who are truly struggling with some of the issues that is not only on their doorstep, it's right in their home and it's in their churches. As I mentioned, you know, the lady who said their church is going to be accommodating trans kids in the children's ministry. I mean, these are things that we – we are familiar with, but it's just not as close because we're ensconced in the South where things, by and large, are, are quite conservative. And now, the other thing is, is that uh, there are a lot of good churches. Uh, and these are good churches. These churches that I was in, they are good churches. And it was just really, really, really encouraging uh, to spend some time in churches that are conservative. They love God's Word. They have a sufficiency of God's Word perspective. And that's very helpful to me. And I, I want you to hear that because we're all struggling with how things are. One other thing is that uh, on the way back, we came through where do we come through? We came through Anniston, Alabama, Talladega, Alabama, and uh, one of our graduates from our mastermind program drove two hours to meet with us, and so we had a meet and greet with her, and that was a fantastic time as well. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.